from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joe, is that a bracket I see? It is. I wasn't going to do it, but I feel like you bullied me into I did it. Not, I did not bully you into doing a bracket. It's fine. It's habit. It's. It feels good, man. It feels good. I'm still so scarred from last year. The, the, the pain is real, Joe. But you're not, you're not trying to do some sort of perfect bracket, right? No, you just did a bracket. I, I've given up hope on the That's perfect okay. bracket. I, I just, you know, That's and fine, I feel like man. the committee screwed me <laughs> by putting all of the teams that I like in one region. So I, I'm trying to come to grips with that as well. All right, that's cool. Who do you uh do you do you want to reveal who you got winning it all or your final four? I haven't done a bracket yet. All right, so I'm going with my first answer because okay. you've taught me that I need to really just let it go. Just let it go, dude. Stop overanalyzing everything. Yeah, man. Go with your feel. And it's like the force. Use the force, you, Joe. All season you've you've said to me, Okay, well the ACC isn't that good, but who is that good? Mm-hmm. And so I would say to you, you know, the Big Twelve is really good. And then you would say, Yeah, but Kansas, eh, they're not that good. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I was like yeah, but there is one monster out there, and I still think Houston is that monster. You've been on Houston all year, though. I get like to be fair to you, you have been pointing Houston out all season long, so I think it actually is consistent with how you felt about that team. So it makes sense. And it also like every year, Joe, I like to have a theme, mm-hmm. right? And I think pretty basketball is dead. I agree with you on that. So I, I think you're right. We keep hoping and wishing that you know. The 09 Carolina team is out there somewhere just just murder balling people and we're going to fall in love with pretty basketball the way we once did. It doesn't exist anymore. No. At least not in my opinion. Arizona can score. Yeah, they can get up and down the floor. Gonzaga can get up and down the floor. Alabama is athletic as all get out. Um, but I don't think there's pretty basketball anymore. So I got a bunch of ugly teams <laughs> who want to win dirty and ugly and just grind it out okay. in the Final Four. All right, so you got in Houston. Co- in colluding... The team that I was wrong about and the team that you were right about. Duke? I I have Duke. I I have the warm and fuzzies for Duke. If they can get to the Garden, I think they're going to get to the Garden. I think they're going to get and to the Garden, I too. I ain't picking against Duke at the Garden. I yeah. don't care if K is there or not. I ain't picking against them once they get to the Garden. You know, it's interesting you bring this up because I've been really trying to fight the urge really trying to fight the urge of, all right, so there's been an ongoing joke in NC State circles about this particular season. I've been seeing a lot of people tweeting out, feels like 1983. Feels like 83. Feels like 83. I mean, shout out to Jamie over at Breaking Tea. I'm sure he's got the shirts ready to go if NC State goes on a run in the NCAA tournament. Feels like 83. It's the 40th anniversary. I get all that stuff. But you know what I'm actually starting to think? And I'm really trying to not give in to this. Do it, Joe. Every year's got to have a theme. Feels a lot like 2010. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't remember, that was the year either Carolina or Kentucky. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You went into the season thinking, oh, Carolina's going to take over in the triangle. Mm -hmm. You went into the year nationally going, oh, John Wall is the best player in the country. And he was. Yeah. And he was at Kentucky, and they were the number one overall seed in that tournament. But they didn't get there. No, but no, but little old Duke did. And there was no monster in that year either. Well, Kentucky was the monster, but Duke never had a plan. No, West no. Virginia took care of them for that. Him. Was the the toughest game, the toughest, the two toughest games that Duke had to play uh, in that 2010 season. And you and I often get into uh, slight disagreements about 2010 and bracket luck. I remember along the way that the 2010 Duke team 
they faced Baylor. It was all this is a this is a tough physical team that this Duke cannot handle. This Duke team cannot handle. Of course, there you go. And then West Virginia also was a team that well, man, they just knocked off Kentucky. They just beat Kentucky. Are you telling me that this Duke team can get past this West Virginia team that just knocked off Kentucky? Of course they did. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And of course, what ended up being the most physical game that Duke faced? Uh, w- Butler. Was in the final the against Butler, which people just chalked up as, oh, well, Duke's got it. That ended up being their most difficult game. Of the entire uh, the entire legend tournament. of Brad Stevens was born. It really still was. waiting for him to come home next year. They're going to fire Hubert, and Brad's going to be Carolina's coach next year, right? That's uh, what's going to yeah, happen. I guess at the rate things are going, maybe yeah. that's the case. And 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 you 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 get to Hubert, and we'll get to Carolina here in a little bit because there's some residual stuff from yesterday's show related to NIT that we can get into. But it all feeds into why I'm feeling like it's 2010. You reference what happened 2009. Let's crystallize what 2009 2010 was about. Okay, Carolina's coming off a championship. And then, not just a championship, like the championship. Like, like you, like you I'm the saying, show. man, that <laughs> was the last time pretty basketball existed. That team put the hammer down on everybody. Everyone, okay? everyone. double digit wins the whole way through. So that happens. They go and they take Harrison Barnes from Duke, and it becomes this legendary 29, 2009 year where it was like, this is it. You got to remember, too, Coach K was too busy with USA basketball. He's not focused on Duke. Maybe it's he's going to hurt leave. him recruiting. It's going to hurt right? It's going to hurt him recruiting. Maybe he's going to leave for the NBA. He's he's not focused. This is bad. They hadn't won a title since 01. They, you know, just time had passed them by. So we go to now where Coach K's career ends because of Carolina. People feel like just the rivalry is over. This is it. And now Carolina's going to take off, and there's an unknown with John Shire. And here we are where Duke's looking pretty good, turning a corner, and there's a lot of butt-clenching taking place in Chapel Hill, which gets us to last night. Hubert Davis does his radio show while his radio show is going on, and he's explaining the reasons why uh, they are not going to the NIT. And the best way I can phrase it, to paraphrase what he said is, look, man, the offseason for us starts now because we got to figure out who wants to be here. I got to figure out who I want to be here. And the transfer portal's open, literally open. As this news is happening, as he's saying this on the radio show, we found out that we find out that Justin McCoy is going to transfer again because, remember, he's a transfer who was brought in. And then Tyler Nickel decided that he's going to transfer. Now, Tyler Nickel did not play a lot down the stretch. He, he appeared in 25 games during this past season. Uh, as Chris over at Dagum Box Scores on Twitter pointed out, Nickel played 39 of a possible 480 minutes over the final 12 games, or since February 1. Then he put a graphic out of guys who barely played down the stretch in crunch time for UNC. Basically, Iron 5 time was back. It did not work out. They're now sitting at home. But here are the names to keep an eye out because I would be curious if this is just the beginning of guys who didn't have playing time versus the guys who could possibly come back. So, DeMarco Dunn. His minutes vanished down the stretch. Seth Trimble, his minutes vanished down the stretch. Do you remember Jalen Washington? 
He was really good against Virginia when Baycott turned his ankle, but you know his, barely his, played. His, his appearances were few and far between. Barely played. And, of course, you got Dontrez Styles as well. Those are the names that Carolina fans are going to keep an eye on, and I'll be curious to see how many stick around and how that is related to those older guys, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, who decide to stick around, or maybe there's something in the transfer portal that Hubert Davis wants to bring in. Yeah, Styles is a Kinston kid, and I think a lot of people were disappointed that he didn't get more run. Dunn is from Arizona, and he had a big shot against Baylor last year, Joe, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Like he was one of the primary reasons. Remember that game was slipping away from Carolina. He hits a gigantic shot, and I think people expected him to have more of a role this year. And that's just not how Hubert Davis has gone about how he wants to handle his rotation. I don't know if that will change going forward. Uh, that's obviously a departure from Roy Williams and Dean Smith, how he has managed his bench, and I'm sure that's one of the main criticisms yeah. that Carolina fans have of Hubert Davis. Um, but it's been, you know, other than the fallout from this faux outrage over not going to the NIT. Well, you know what that's uh, about. Well, I do, but you, now you're seeing a lot of anger directed towards Hubert Davis. Like, even yesterday, yes. I am getting, and if you look on our Facebook page, posted our, our the rant yesterday about Carolina go, miss, not going to the NIT, and a lot of it just cuts, just boils and is reduced all the way down to Hubert can't coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like that's what this you, is about. You understand that they went to the championship game just last year. Yes, he can't make the shots for Caleb Love, and, and we could sit here and we can relitigate all of Caleb Love's issues this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth our time, quite frankly. No, it's not. But truth of the matter is, he's a mercurial player. Caleb Love's going to take some big shots. Mm-hmm. He made he has argue, he arguably made the biggest shot in Carolina history, <laughs> non championship, yeah. non championship. But I mean, arguably, yeah, I, I know. What you you're know what saying. I'm saying? Know, like, it was a saying. huge shot, mm-hmm. and he made a bunch of those shots in order to get Carolina to the tournament last year. So you knew who he was. It just didn't work out for him this year. I don't know how we blame Hubert for somebody not making shots. That, that's all I will say about how he handled. Caleb Love this year. I'm glad you got to the essence, if you will, boiling this down, the the reduction sauce of the takes. It's not about the NIT. The NIT is simply the avatar that people are using to bang on Hubert Davis. And I said this yesterday, and it's becoming even clearer now, and I'll, I'll take my own credit for this, in that there are a lot of people who never wanted Hubert Davis to begin with. They used most of last year up until they went on the run to say he wasn't the guy and there was a freak out. You and I were sitting here going, y'all, just chill the hell out. And it's like, no, this is not a this is not a place where you can have a learning curve. Well, basketball's changed, and some of the guys that you wanted, shh, don't tell anybody, but they didn't want the job. Okay, that's another key part here. Yeah. So that has to be that has to play into it. And what we're seeing here with Hubert Davis, I think, is an accelerated version of what we're going to see with Kevin Keats. If they don't make it to the Sweet 16, the people who are convinced that Kevin Keats is not the guy and they want to go in a different direction are going to use what happened at the end of the year and a lack of tournament success to say, well, see, look at this group and look how far he went with it. Blah, 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 blah. So I think the same thing's going to happen to Hubert Davis. But I and if we're if we're taking victory laps on things that we said earlier in the season and seeing how things played out and almost kind of like saying, you know what, I was right about this. It was after the Wake Forest game where they had nothing. And I said, this program needs a reset. Needs a reset. And I had one of the listeners point out yesterday, hey, Joe, 80% of the guys' first two years have Hubert Davis, at best mediocre to mostly bad. 
I'm not one of these crazies advocating for his dismissal, but let's not act like there aren't a few red flags. And I simply pointed out to this listener that roster has largely been the same over the last three seasons, which included, if I check my notes correctly, can you back me up on this, Joe? Who was the coach? In that first year? Uh, the guy who won 903 games yeah. and three national titles. That, that was a pretty mediocre year for him, too, right? The last one, yeah. Yeah, and this is – I get it because it's college and you don't want to believe it. And at Carolina, there's been a history of guys who have stuck around and you buy it and you fall in love with these teams. I think it's the roster, man. This roster didn't play out. It happens sometimes. So let's see what happens with Hubert Davis. Let's see how different it is because I don't – I think Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis are going to be back. Maybe. We'll see how different it is with those two. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. I know we've been talking a lot about the Carolina Tar Heels. In honor of the 30th anniversary of the Tar Heels winning the national championship, I'm going to open up a 1993 championship Coca-Cola. I'm going to use some of that Eagle Rare that's been sitting at your desk unopened, though, Joe. That seems like a trade. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. A little, a little bourbon and Coke in honor of the 1993, which I think is with a forgotten championship team in this area. Oh, absolutely. It is such, like, a, it's such a strange thing. But speaking of pushes and pulls, yeah, right? Duke goes 91-92. K's on this run of eight Final Fours in mm -hmm. 10 years, and you're like, oh, man, Duke's going to win this thing forever. M Dean Smith's only won it once. Oh, my God, he's a terrible coach. <laughs> and then in 93, he wins his second title, yeah. an unlikely one. With Pat Sullivan, Bogota's own, making f key free throws at the end of that game. Speaking of pushes and pulls, it's been a, a wild month or so for the Carolina Hurricanes. You go back to the stadium series and you look at the way that the Carolina Hurricanes found ways to win, right? They overcame all sorts of emotional highs and lows. Uh, they found ways to just put the hammer on you scoring-wise with Marty Natchez being on one. Uh, we've seen... Uh, then played defensive keep away as well. And we saw that most recently against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And coming out of the trade deadline where everybody was second-guessing the Carolina Hurricanes and their decisions to not go out and get the rental, go out and get the guy, they just added some depth. Uh, Ghost Spare has played out just fine defensively. Uh, we don't know what Jesse Puglielarvi is capable of. But even after the trade deadline, what did they do? What did they do that weekend? They looked great after the trade deadline. However, we've hit another ebb for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and it actually is worse than that because on Saturday, not only do they lose to the Las Vegas Knights, but they lose Andre Svechnikov for an undetermined period of time. Elliot Friedman had tweeted out last night before the Canes made it official through their own release that, quote, here in Carolina is waiting for a second opinion on Andre Svechnikov's injury. There's concern it's a torn ACL, which could end his season. But the player and the Hurricanes are understandably waiting until all options are exhausted, hoping for the best. It's important to note that when Svechnikov went out with injury in the second period against the Knights, he came back in that game, which was a 4 nothing loss. And then there was a conversation with Rod Brindamore uh, before uh, the game against who they just played, the um, 
right? The Devils. They played the Devils on Sunday. They played the Devils on Sunday, uh, which had Metro Division implications that they they sat three guys. And one of them was a conversation with Sveshnikov, and he was like, look, can you go? I'm like, no, we're not going to go. The, the Hurricanes could have handled this a little bit better. Um, you know, they, they made it. Andrei Sveshnikov was supposed to be the Canes quarter guest this week. And before they put out the release, they actually made the announcement that, oh, yeah, by the way, Sveshnikov will not be the Canes corner guest. It's going to be Jordan Martinook, which is great. Martinook's a great guest for that sort of thing. Then they put out the release that he's going to be out indefinitely. Uh, this has understandably caused some people to panic, Joe, because the playoffs are a month away. They should panic. I'm straight up telling you they should panic because when we talked at the deadline, we talked about, you know what, I think it's okay to not make major moves. Now, they made moves, mm-hmm. but I think it's okay not to make major moves. And I said the thing that the Hurricanes need is to be healthy in the playoffs. Yes. You go back to 19. They make the playoffs. Svetch decides or didn't decide to get into a fight with Alexander Ovechkin. A little ruski on ruski crime, and he ends up with a concussion. The Canes end up winning that series, but it would have been really nice to have their star rookie playing in the playoffs at his best. They didn't have that. The next year is the bubble, Joe, and then there was an ankle turn, a foot injury. Svetch is hurt. They get eliminated. Okay, that's 0 for 2 on the injury front. In 21, they end up losing to Tampa and Andre Vasilevsky. Okay, you chalk that one up to you. You lost to the best goalie in the world. There was some shortcomings for the Canes' stars in, the, in that playoffs, though. Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravine, and Svechnikov. You wanted to see them do more. And then last year, it was Freddie Anderson, right? You don't have your goalie. They're playing a little bit of goalie roulette. We never really saw the full complement of who the Hurricanes could be. They also struggled down the end, down the stretch. And while you point out that Florida was breathing fire last Mm -hmm. year and then was eliminated again by Andre Vasilevsky, the truth of the matter is Colorado was also breathing fire at the end of that year. And they rode that. And Colorado, to me, is the template for the Hurricanes. But Colorado was healthy last year. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be that the Hurricanes are slightly snake bit because you have the Svetch injuries, you have the goalie injuries, and now Svetch again this year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been their best player. No. He's been good. 2023, 2023 has been the, the calendar year. Yeah. Not the whole season, but the calendar year he's been eh. Yeah, he had a little bit of an all-star curse there. But, you know, to me, Marty Natchez has just been outstanding this year. And that, to me, felt like the true, if you want, acquisition. Mm-hmm. that the Canes had. And I really just want to see this team get to the playoffs and be as healthy as they possibly can. Now you add in Max Pacioretty, who you never really had, and now Svechnikov. I got news for you, uh, and I'm not a doctor, but anytime you hear it could be, it, it, it could is. be, it likely is. Yeah. Yeah. And now, hockey players can function with an ACL injury, mm-hmm. but that would be in the – you would be in game six – of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a like, different kind of territory. Of the finals. Like, yes. you, you would not shoot that thing up. and and But, no, you don't actually need your ACL to play hockey. It can be done. Uh, and we've seen we've seen the Hurricanes play with broken necks, Eric Cole, mm-hmm. you know, busted, uh, feet, uh, broken foot, Kevin Adams in that run. So, you know, these guys will play through a lot, but not in March, not March 14th. I don't want to oversimplify the Carolina Hurricanes going forward. Forward, but we've seen it on the other end, uh, and I and I will admit it's a fault of mine. I I, com- I totally understand why you might be rolling your eyes in the audience when I say this, but I kind of treat goaltending like QBs in the NFL, right? Gold goaltending matters so much in the postseason. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes win a Stanley Cup because of the emergence of Cam Ward and how that also played out 
uh, in the long run. I mean, totally off of the ice, too, by the way. Yeah. Just like he was on ice that whole rookie yep. year. Yep. And, and Peter Laviolette and look, just pressed and, and, all the right buttons. And Martin Gerber had to do what he had to do, too. Mm-hmm. But again, ultimately, there's a reason why he's the one with the MVP and not anybody else. Regardless, when you look at this run, run into his healthy goalie versus injuries, you can point to Andre Vasilevsky. You can actually point to Shesterkin last year mm-hmm. for the New York Rangers. And I really am convinced that regardless of the misfires on offense, if they had just stayed healthy, they could have grinded their way to another round. But they just didn't because they got right down to Peter Kochekov. Kochekov has been soft here as of late. As much as we were on Kochekov, PK, if you will, the coochie man. I was going to say, just call him the cooch. Yeah, so as much as you and I were very much put, like, let's just put Kochekov in. He's the future ride that. I understand where the Carolina Hurricanes have come from, and Don Waddell straight up said, we got three goalies, we're going to be doing some load management because it's the most important part of this is to get these goalies to the postseason healthy. I agree with this ultimately. So I do think that the Carolina Hurricanes postseason fortunes comes down to how healthy is Freddie Anderson and can he lock it down? Because this is when we get into ancient Sendek wisdom, Joe, in the case of the hockey playoffs. You can beat teams and advance by scoring more than them, which can be a little problematic for the Carolina Hurricanes in their power play and also not getting on the power play. Or you can prevent teams from scoring more than you. And if there's one thing that I do trust the Carolina Hurricanes can do, and I think Chatfield will come back eventually, you can play keep away. We saw this against the Lightning. You can be so overwhelming that you should be able to win some games 2 nothing. One nothing, but I do think it ultimately comes down to the health of Freddie Anderson. Protect that dude at all costs, and hope he's locked in. Yeah, I hate this on top of Patchy Ready, right? Like it's almost like a yeah, one or yeah, the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the Canes have pushed all the right buttons. I think Don Waddell has done an amazing job, including with Natchez. Because remember, at this time last year, a lot of people didn't want Natchez around, and now they have him on a bridge deal that's saving them a bunch of money. So. I know they'll try to scrap and claw and figure something out here down the stretch. And hopefully, I am wrong about Svetch. Hopefully, it's not an ACL, and hopefully he will be able to play. But just something tells me, just the way that this thing has gone, it, it just doesn't look like they'll be at full strength for the playoffs. And to me, that's a shame because this is now year five under Rod Brendamore, and he really has built a New York Yankees-like machine yeah. that can really dominate over the course of the regular season. But once you get to the postseason, it is different. And you do need some to have a difference maker, whether that is, uh, you know, two or three guys in your forward group, or whether that is one outstanding goalie. And the Canes just haven't had that when the calendar has turned to the playoffs. That's Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Obvious. It's the OG, and we have some Hey Joe questions. Uh, all you gotta do is use that hashtag Hey Joe. We see it in our mentions and whatnot, and then we just go fish them out. And and they're real ones, unlike uh, the the fake ones that Joe Gillio likes to create out of thin air. Um, yeah, you'll be out the first week of April, right? So I'll have a few. You'll have some fake week. ones. We'll yeah. have some fake ones. So we'll Don't worry. They'll be back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.